Hey, this is Sandy Shepard, and welcome to the Empowerment Web Radio Show. In this episode, we are going to discuss embracing your Bond girl self and taking charge of your relationship with your James. You may not like it. Relax, pull up a chair, and join us for the Be a Bond Girl podcast. Featuring mastermind coach and author of Fempowerment, Unleashing Your Inner Bond Girl, Sandy Shepard. Hey, this is Sandy Shepard and you've reached me at the Fempowerment Web Radio Show. Today, we're going to be talking about your relationship with your James as the beginning podcast in our Sex and Sensuality podcast series. Before I go on, I'd like to let you know that on October 7th, I will be speaking at the Hilton in Sacramento with Empower 180 on a series called What Women Want, and yes, this is going to be my subject. I will put a little bit more information at the end of the podcast and post it in the blog attached to this podcast. But if you're anywhere near Sacramento, I sure hope that you'll come and check us out. Now, whether she's a teen on her first date or about to celebrate her 60th wedding anniversary, it's in dealing with her James that any Bond girl shines. In fact, a lot of people will look at a Bond girl and say, well, she's just a bimbo who sleeps with James Bond. Once you question them, turns out that bimbo is either running a circus or she's got a business. She lives in a tropical paradise. She lives a pretty glam life. But the thing that people remember is her sensuality. So what's it all about? Well, you remember that old song? R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me. That is truly what it is all about. In many of the Bond films, James Bond counts on the Bond girls to do what they do, and he doesn't make a big deal about it. It's because he respects them and their expertise. And why does he do that? Because they respect themselves. As I've talked about before, since Bond girls are in a supporting role in a James Bond movie to James Bond, they are singularly irreplaceable to him. Bond girls, I mean the real ones, not the, oh, James Bond girls, are secure and self-reliant when they need to be and secure enough to understand their role, too. As for you, to be respected, you need to know who you are and you need to respect yourself. That respect will magnetize other people's respect to you. As noted by Liz Kelly in her book, Smart Man Hunting, she said independence is a huge turn on by having your own life, your own plans, and not being jealous of your man. Liz Kelly states that that's what will cause him to respect you but you also have to make sure that you respect him. Many women get all excited about the idea that a Bond girl or a fem-powered woman is passionate about what she does with most of her life, but when it comes to the equally important passion that she needs to throw into her supporting role, her role of supporting her partner, they balk. 
So why do they have these defenses? Now, listen, first of all, y'all are 100% complete without a guy. Good thing, too, because as a Bond girl, Bond in the movies never really sticks around. In a Bond film, the Bond girls, what I would say, support James Bond. But when he moves on, they remain complete to themselves. Though some view Bond girls from that whole women or disposable standpoint, I think that Bond, if his job would allow it, wouldn't discard any of these women. Think about it. They're totally awesome. When Bond is gone, Pussy Galore is still running her air show. Octopussy's running her circus. Honey Rider is searching for her, her shells. And they are content and congruent in their lives, though it was definitely nice that he came on through. They're not moping around for him. They took advantage of a sexy guy falling into their lives. And on the other hand, Bond, he has no life of his own. He goes where he's sent, does what he's sent to do, and what does he get for it? A government pension? They're the ones that live in that tropical paradise. Now, all Bond has, he has because he has an expense account. All the Bond girls have, they earned. They have fabulous lives. And they don't depend on a man, but when one comes about, they know how to enjoy that man. A Bond girl enjoys her interface with men to the fullest. She will pamper him, support him, because she gets pleasure from that as well. And let me tell you something, it's the best way to keep a man interested. I remember once hearing Dr. Laura on the radio, and to paraphrase, she said that if Women would just get over themselves and support their men for even a tenth of the time they spend complaining about their men or complaining how hard their day is and how he should appreciate them and how he should appreciate them even though they're not be su being supportive of him. They'd find that he would fall all over himself and lay down his coat in the mud for her to walk over, so to speak, instead, basically, of just walking all over him. Now, let me tell you a little secret. Men are dogs. Yeah, I know. Something you could finally agree with, right? No, that's not what I mean. I remember once one of my baby Bond girls in one of our seminars laughingly told me that all men are dogs. She said that this is the way she'd been brought up. This is how she and her girlfriends incessantly discussed men. And that this is just how it was. And you can imagine how I felt about that. If you think every man is going to dog you, then, yep, girlfriend, that's what you're going to get. But I'll tell you something. In some ways, men are dogs. Men don't have anyone in their lives they can go to when they've got a hurt paw from a curveball that life has thrown them, except their woman. If you're a woman and you're listening, that's you. Women always have their girlfriends to go to. If a man goes to his guys, they're like a dog pack. He'll be one down from then on. If a girl goes to her girl pack, she's sharing, everyone throws in their two cents, and usually everybody forgets about it afterwards. But that's not how dog packs operate. And that's why you are so indispensable to your man. If you treat your James like, number one, really listening to him with some things thrown in like, what would you do with a dog? Rub his stomach, <laughs> flatter him, give him some treats. He's going to be there for you. You're the only one that's doing that for him. And let me tell you, girlfriend, if you're not doing that for him, he is going to find someone who does. The woman in his life is the only one 
he's going to turn to for this because you're the only one he really can. Yeah, now you're going to say to me, so why can't he do that for me? Because you have other outlets. You got your girlfriends. He does not. Men are dying from someone to really see and listen to them. You will hold them in your palm of your hand, no joke, if you just give them attention 20 minutes out of every day. And you know what? I, I got to tell you, if, if your James were to give you that attention, would you accept it anyway? If you tell your James, you are so hot, he is totally going to purr and put his hands behind his head and just be happy. But if he says, baby, you are looking so sexy out of the blue, what do you say back? Do you say, oh, but doesn't my butt look so fat? Or, oh, I don't think so. Or you think in your head, which we're going to get to in a second, uh-oh, he wants to have sex. You don't take the compliment. And hello, this is the way to train someone to not compliment you. So if you get a few compliments out of him, say thank you, smile, give him one back. But not even a coy, oh, do you think so? Because that's like you want to hear it again. Look, that's fishing for more. You got to knock that off, give compliments and accept compliments. And definitely give him those pets that he needs. You know? I'm thinking about this men or dog subject. I just want to say one thing. What are your beliefs? Because your beliefs are your reality and your truth. That is all you will actually see as you walk through life. So if you're saying men or dogs, that's all you're going to see. It's interesting because our senses gather evidence to make our beliefs right and block out anything that isn't congruent with that belief. You know how you'll decide you want to have a certain car and then suddenly every car on the road turns out to be that car? It's the same deal. We take in millions and millions of little bits of evidence and sights and sounds and smells every single day. And we really only see or latch onto ones that are congruent with our beliefs. I heard somebody say once that the reason why the Native Americans didn't actually see the Spanish out on the horizon is because they'd never even imagined or had a belief that there could be ships that big. And so they literally couldn't see them. I don't know if I believe about that, but I certainly do know that whether it's we're magnetically drawing men being dogs to us, or if we just see men being dogs because we're expecting that. So we don't see the quiet guy who's doing something cute for his girlfriend in the corner because we're we're just not programming ourselves to be looking for that. We basically energetically draw to us what we're vibing on. So listen, to make sure that your mind is not blocking out your way to success, you need to look at your beliefs and be ready to understand that some of the things that you think are true just are not true. Cody Bateman, who's a man that I really admire and is a head of the Send Out Cards company, said something funny the other day which is right in this area. He said, it's not what you know that's important. It's what you know that just ain't so. In other words, you've got things that you know are the truth and they're not the truth. Those are the things that 
are really tripping you up and stopping you from having a great sex life, a great work life, and finding your path to passion. Now, this is sort of above and beyond, but in the quantum physics realm, the physical world doesn't really exist as a static truth. We project ourselves and what we think we deserve onto the world, and that's what we see and receive. In other words, the world is not set and there is no capital T truth. The world outside mirrors the world inside of you. Think of a friend that seems to have all the luck. Why is that so? Because she actually doesn't believe it can be any other way. And that's how her world works. What you say and what you believe is your truth and your reality. And yours is different than mine or your James's or your parents. If you are saying things like, I just can't lose weight, or I just can't make enough money, or all men are dogs, then that is what your reality is going to be. And in fact, since your subconscious is basically a yes man, your subconscious is going to hold this as your truth, which means if it sees anything different, so let's say that you're saying, I just can't lose weight, you know, it's a hormonal thing or whatever, and you start to lose weight, then you're going to sabotage yourself because your truth is that you can't. You've got to sit down and look at these beliefs that you hold to be true, that just are not true. In fact, I got another little homework assignment for you. You're not going to like this. Each and every day for at least a week, I want you to give your unabashed, full and devoted attention to your James for 20 minutes. Yeah, I can just see you crossing your arms across your chest. Give me that snake-headed mama. Mm-mm, I don't think so. What? He's got to go first. You know what? Grow up. 20 minutes is probably about the time you take out of your day to go get coffee. It certainly might be the amount of the day that you're taking to complain about your James. And what I'm suggesting is that you devote it to the man that you supposedly love unconditionally. Y'all know what unconditionally means, right? It means without condition. In other words, without requiring something back or something first. So what are you thinking right now? You're thinking, oh, he's going to require more and more and then I'm going to become a doormat or he has to go first. I give enough already or why should I always, I always be the one to go first every time? You know, I bet if you're like 99% of my students and workshop participants, if you look at your life truthfully, you'll find that you don't particularly give any time specifically to your James at all. And then you wonder why he doesn't fall all over you. Do you sit down, make him comfortable, really listen to him, make light conversation with him? Or do you yell at him to take out the garbage and have him fend for himself for dinner? Could you just give him a break and some directed loving for 20 minutes? Listen, you're the only one in his life that will take the time and effort to make him comfortable and give him space to let his feelings out. Your true girlfriends have your back emotionally, but he doesn't have anyone else but you. Certainly not in his dog pack. Certainly not to let his hair down and get some emotional support. What I'm suggesting is unconditional giving. Giving for giving's sake. Giving because it increases the happiness in the world by one guy, by your guy. 
And when you see the light and the surprise probably in his eyes, it's going to increase the world's happiness by one girl too, and that's going to be you. How's about greeting him at the door with a real true hug or going to his chair and tilting his head back and looking into his eyes? My James has the most beautiful eyes. I actually tell him that all the time. They're kind of tan brown with little flecks of blue and green near the edges. And I bet your James has gorgeous cat green, bright blue, liquid brown eyes. Start looking. Start complimenting. Yes, you go first and you go often. And how's about truly listening to him? I heard Alyssa Kreitman, who's at meetthedreamer.com, speak on her podcast. She stated that men respond in layers. If we are talking with a man, we need to wait 30 to 60 seconds longer than we would with a woman before we jump in. They share the most general thought. Wait to see if the listener is still interested. Go a bit deeper. Go a bit deeper. This is how men share, like peeling an onion. You don't get the good stuff if you jump in and stop the process. It takes practice, but you can develop the gift of being silent and help your James's dreams unfold. How about sitting down next to your James and ask him to recount a dream to you for two minutes? Now, one thing that's important is you do need to sit down next to him. The reason for that is that men actually will share more if you're sitting next to them versus if you're face-to-face. -face. Women like to communicate face-to-face -face because they hold a baby in front of them face-to-face, -face, but men do better side-to-side. That's often why you'll get some good conversations with your James if you're on a long car ride with him. But anyway, so let's say you sit down next to James for two minutes. Ask him to let his senses run free on a dream and to put all his senses into it. What he sees, what he hears, what he feels. Now, just listen and keep your eyes smiling. Slow your mind. Pay attention. Don't cut him off if he's still flying after two minutes. Just go ahead, stay present, give him five, give him ten minutes. So when the time is up or he's kind of petered out, take 30 seconds or a minute, take 30 seconds to a minute and repeat what he said. Start by saying something like, I heard you say blah, blah, blah. And then repeat what you heard. Not what you thought, but what you heard him actually say. There is nothing more soul fulfilling than being well and truly heard. Then after that time, you can tell him how you feel. Which would be like, when you said X, I felt Y. Not, wow, that's great, or gee, you dream big, or we don't have that kind of money. Instead, relate your feelings. So how that would go would be, when you say that you want to go to Costa Rica, I feel excited at the possibility of adventure for you. And if he didn't mention taking you, don't bust him about it. Don't pout and say, hey, do I get to come? Just let him share and don't corral his dream. Now, unless you are one bad chooser, I don't believe that your chosen James is going to wring you dry and walk all over you if you start giving him your undivided attention daily. Why? Because the vast majority of the people I see doormatted are men. These guys do so much for their little princesses and get so little for it. And that princess is constantly sitting there with her arms crossed saying, give him an inch and he'll take a yard. That's just BS. The princess just doesn't want to make the effort. You know that if you're happy in giving, this will bring more happiness back to you. 
Now, you say you give and give and give and give and no one supports you. Believe me, I hear it all the time. Your James doesn't treat himself to a mani-pedi, dish on you to his dog pack, buy a purse here and a lipstick there. If he spends money on himself, it's usually something like golf, which winds up blowing his ego even more. So just think about it for a second. You have your girlfriend supporting you and your giving is to them, your kids, and your community. But I will bet it's seldom directly to your James. Really? Put this on hold for a second and run over it in your mind. And I'm not talking about chores. That's traded off in your life. For example, you do the laundry and get the dry cleaning, he pays the bills. Even if that's lopsided now in your life, that is not giving time or paying attention to your James. You can't count that time. So you got any time in your week that you're clean, happy, sultry, and supportive with all eyes just on him, that is what I'm talking about. Remember why you picked him and show him you're glad you did. Gave him those 20 minutes and you know what? You'll get more than that back. Now, if you don't think you will, do it anyway. Practice for your next James, because if this one really is an ungrateful lump, plan to leave and get out. But I will bet you that this attention to him and the intention to show him that you love him will do wonders. Like I said, don't give me that snake-headed mama shake of your head with your arms crossed against your chest and say that it won't and then you don't try. Put 100% of your effort into it because, my friend, your life is what you've made of it. If he's disrespecting you, you showed him how to do it. If you want him to love and appreciate you, show him that instead. You know... Sometimes I think that women get married to men and then do as little as possible to keep them. It's that chase and catch mentality. If you were to honestly look at things from your James's eyes, would you want to stay with you? Would you really want to stay with you? Why? What do you specifically do each day to make your James's life great? Again, not the things you're doing because you want to, like pick up all the clothes off the floor. He doesn't really care about that. You do. That's not for him. Get him a martini when he comes home, a little glass of wine, ask him for his advice on something, and then listen to it, smile with your eyes, leave him a little love note on his pillow, pack his lunch, buy him sexy undies, and leave a note about those sexy undies in his drawer's drawer. No, so why should he stay with you? You say, well, I give him a clean house and wonderful kids. Does he really care? Does this have to do with him specifically? Bet it doesn't. These are likely things that you wanted. If you hadn't wanted them, you wouldn't have them. Face it, it's an exceedingly rare man that would make you have kids or make you keep the house clean. Isn't it you yourself that wanted that? In fact, he's probably given you a lot of things he didn't particularly want that you did want. Maybe a big house when he'd rather have a smaller place and save for retirement. New furniture when the previous stuff was fine by him. So... You put dinner on the table every night and he doesn't appreciate it. Aren't you eating too? It's not done for him specifically. I don't believe that women are taken for granted as much as their princessly selves think that they are. I think that women believe they should be waited on hand and foot and not have to do a thing for it. I think that this is a tragic epidemic. Hey, I'm glad I'm a woman this time around. Being a man would suck, especially with the way most of them are treated at home. So be brave, girlfriend, and assess yourself. Get out your diary and list what you do, ever, 
that you specifically do for your James to make him feel great, that you do because it's something you know that he will love. That is not the laundry. That is not the chores. Not the vacuuming, not buying the groceries, not the dinners, unless it's a candlelight dinner with you in lingerie, if that's his bag, and not if it's your bag. If you're packing an awesome tailgate picnic for him to take to the game, especially if you hate football and are not going, then that's what I'm talking about. Especially if you leave it for him on the counter with a little love note, not handing it to him with that make a big deal of me look. How's about it? How do you match up? One thing I also think is incredibly important is to really know what your James relies on you for. You know, in the Bond movies, the Bond girl generally has an expertise and Bond relies on her. Like I said before, it could be flying a plane or defusing a bomb or driving a car. When she's called on, she does it and it's complete trust on Bond's part because he expects her to. So what does your James rely on you for? It could be something really small. Listen, my James relies on me, for example, to pour him a glass of wine or shake him his favorite drink if he calls me to tell me that he's had a really bad day. That's what I do when he gets home. Does this make me a doormat? Nope. Are some of you saying, hey, he should pour you a glass of wine when you get home? You're running a law firm and you've got a business and a speaking engagements, blah, blah, blah. So why is that? I can do something really simple like this and know that he's completely relying on me for this part of our lives and it's a huge relief for him. It helps him leave his stress on the doormat. Okay, so he also relies on me to do the laundry and I actually don't mind doing those things, but see, he hates them. So he can also rely on me to do that. I don't make a big deal of it either. I think that's incredibly important. So when it comes to things like that, don't cut down these activities, lessening them by saying they're demeaning to you. Why are these more demeaning than paying the utilities or cleaning the gutters for which I rely on my James? I constantly hear women stating that they're sick of doing the laundry all the time, that their James should pitch in or at least say thank you. Why? I'm sure he's doing something that they would rather not do. Is it really so bad that you do these things for your team? But remember, you're not to elevate these chores and count them towards your only for your James time either. That is not what I'm talking about. What about you? Are you pouty? Do you let your James know through your actions or through your words that he doesn't appreciate what you do? Listen, how you know he appreciates it is his relaxation when he gets home and is done. That is appreciation. He does appreciate it, even if he's not falling all over himself, praising you to the heavens. Besides, are you doing it for the appreciation, which is outward motivation, or are you doing it for the inner satisfaction of knowing that things are getting done right? You need to look at your true motivation for doing what you do and find your pride within from a job well done. Yeah, I know. Satisfaction from doing the laundry, right? Yes, because in my case, I know it's done right. And I know that my James is so relieved he doesn't have to do that job anymore. Same with unloading the dishwasher. Okay, let me tell you a secret. For some reason, I hate this chore. But I know he hates it more and won't do it. He'd rather the dishes mount in the sink. 
Besides, we're more likely to cook together when it's neat and clean in the kitchen with everything in its place, which is fun and romantic for both of us. So I do it. But that is not something that I'm doing only for my James. That is totally, totally separate. This is what I am doing for the team. So what does your James rely on you for? Even if he doesn't cry, oh, thank you, babe. Every time you do whatever it is that you do, he does rely on you to do those things. He trusts you. He appreciates it. But you need to get your satisfaction inside from it, not make him send you a thank you card every time you raise a finger. When a Bond girl is driving the car, when Bond is shooting the bad guys, he doesn't stop and gush, oh, thank you, thank you. It's implied. And as the last thing, are you giving your James kudos for taking out the garbage or keeping his whiskers out of the sink or getting the leaves out of the gutters or taking you to the movies? And probably not. Just wondering. And you want big kudos for doing the laundry and picking up the kids or getting dinner on the table? Come on. Do it for the team. He's doing stuff for you. And if he's not, then get a plan and get out. But practice for your next James. It's time to stop complaining and start changing. If you're really in the wrong relationship, then start planning for change. But take a good look before you act on your thoughts. Maybe your James is so awful to you because you haven't been appreciating him. Remember, you get what you draw to you. How's about acting from your inner bond girl without asking anything in return and see how it might change your relationship? You have drawn to you what you're getting. And my big question for you, if you listened to the radio show a while back about the victim loop, are you actually enjoying complaining and playing victim? Well, then shame on you. I mean, imagine you're in a plane. The engines start to sputter. What do you do next? Complain? Start considering your options? Jump out? Why I use that analogy is, are you conscious of what's going on around you? especially in your relationships. What's sputtering? What's smoking? What's bursting into flames? Do not let anything burst into flames before it gets your attention. If you are a Bond girl, you are paying attention to your life in every dimension. You didn't suddenly get into a huge amount of credit card debt or an awful relationship or a dead-end job. Your James didn't suddenly leave you. Come on. You were unconscious, weren't you? Bond girls stay present. So take a look around your life and see what's what. Maybe even write it down in your little black book and what steps you're going to take to put the fires out, get the sputtering engines revved back up, and especially get more of and take time to enjoy what's going well. If things are going well, they take less of your time. You know that, right? You will have so much more time if you take care of the steps that's going off course before it really hits the skids complaining and gossiping about it takes time. In the hour that you were on the phone with your girlfriend complaining, perhaps you could have done something that would actually have been productive to fix it. If you'd given a quarter of that time to your James, in fact, do you think perhaps the stuff you had to complain about that involves him would start to disappear? Tell you what, I dare you. Take a day and be present all day. Be present to what you say. Be present to what you do. How much of a downer are you really? How much time are you whining in your head or to other people? I bet you'll find that you are spinning your wheels a lot more than you thought you were. I once told a friend that she had the clutch in on her life. She was always putting a lot of energy into talking about things, but she never seemed to move forward. It's like she 
was revving the gas and she still had the clutch in, be present, engage the clutch, and move forward. Then you'll be able to coast a little bit later. Okay. Okay, maybe I've beaten you up a little bit in this podcast, but I don't know. Some of you might have deserved it. I tell you what, in my next podcast, which is going to come pretty soon, I'm trying to get more of them out because I'm on my way to the convention. I'm going to talk some more about Bond and marriage. Yes, James Bond got married, if you didn't know that. And then sensuality and sex. This podcast was sort of leading up to that. I thought I'd get into it, but here I am after berating you to take care of your James for about half an hour, so I guess I'll just leave it at that. I hope you are having a fabulous time in your life. I hope you are going to take my little exercise and stay present with one day. I hope you'll be taking 20 minutes just for your James, and I hope that your life becomes that much more awesome by the time we meet again. Bye! Bond Girl is neither affiliated with nor endorsed by Eon Productions, Sony Pictures Entertainment, MGM Studios, or United Artists. This podcast is copyright 2008 by Double O Productions. All rights reserved. Fempowerment and Fempower are registered trademarks of Double O Productions. For more information, visit BeABondGirl.com. Our goal? To build a better world, one Bond Girl at a time. Thank you.